Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. There are two readings today. The first is from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 to 17. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Jesus Christ will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The second reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 25 to 35. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them, assembled together and saying, It is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. All right. So it it seems that there were were three people who were kind of arguing about scripture. 
They were arguing because they were trying to figure out what the oldest profession in the world was. Now, don't get ahead of me on that. (laughs) The three that were there that day were were a doctor, an engineer, and a politician. The doctor says, the Bible tells us that Eve was created when God took a rib from Adam, which means that God performed surgery. Therefore, medicine must be the oldest profession in the world. The engineer spoke up and said, wait a minute. Before that, we hear in the Bible, we hear that God created the world out of a void and chaos. Therefore, engineering would actually have been the oldest profession in the world. The politician just kind of looked at the other two and simply said, and who do you think created the chaos? (laughs) Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we come striving to hear your word and to understand your word. And so, God, I ask that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words, your message for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we have done over the past three weeks, uh, I I want to encourage you to proclaim your faith again uh, as it is stated in the Apostles' Creed. You have it uh, in your bulletin, uh, and you also have it on the screen as uh, as you see here. So I'm going to ask that you join with me uh, in uh, in this reading again. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We believe. We believe in God. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the church, saints, forgiveness, resurrection, and everlasting life. Now, you may have noticed something this week as you, as you went back over that Apostles' Creed. Our focus this week here is on the belief in Scripture, in the Holy Bible. Did you see it in the Creed? Was it mentioned in the Creed? No, it's not, because it's, it's actually not there, at least in words, it's not there. However, I think if we really look at the Creed, We can say that the only way we can truly say all that we believe is because of the Scriptures. That's where we receive all of this knowledge. It's because of Scripture that we can say that we believe in God, in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and so much more. See, the service, like many of the services that we have here, is designed around Scripture. Every moment focused on places where we find Scripture that inform us about worship and about our lives. God's Word gives us direction, instruction. It tells us that He loves us. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That's Psalm 119, 105. The choir just shared a beautiful song about that. 
So what do we believe about this book, about all the things that are found within? Maybe I should ask you that same question. What do you believe about Scripture? I mean, is this book, the Holy Bible, one that contains truth for you? Does it guide all your decisions? Does it give you hope? Does it challenge you? Now, as we have done over the past few weeks, I want to go back to some of our Methodist roots and find out what our, what our founder, John Wesley, stated about belief in Scripture, or in Scripture. In our Book of Discipline, we find Articles of Religion, which John Wesley adopted from the Anglican Church. Here we find a couple of articles that talk about Scripture. And so the first one, Uh, is this. The Holy Scripture containeth all things necessary to salvation. All things necessary to salvation. All that we need to know for the basis of our salvation is found within the passages of the Bible. Certainly, the work of Christ on the cross is the action which allows us to have this life everlasting, but we learn about this through verses in Scripture. The second, Article 6. Uh, that's going to be hard to read. <laughs> uh, I'll read it for you here. Uh, Article 6 talks about Scripture and warns about selecting only parts of the Bible. It says this, The Old Testament is not contrary to the New, for both in the Old and New Testament, everlasting life is offered to mankind by Christ, who is the only mediator between God and man, being both God and and man. We are not supposed to only focus on the New Testament. Sure, the Old Testament sometimes contains these difficult passages about violence and some other confusing passages, but it doesn't mean that we disregard it and place it on a shelf only to use it when it benefits us. We need to actually struggle with those passages. And through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, discern what meaning it has for us today. Is it going to be easy? No. But we still need to try. We need to read the Old Testament in light of the New, and vice versa. Jesus said that he came to fulfill the Scripture. So now, please understand that just in case you might have missed it, the scripture that Jesus is referring to is the Old Testament. It was all written at that time, a lot of it through the oral tradition. But before we go on, we need to revisit the quadrilateral, that tetrahedron that I continue to mention to you. The four points again, and probably you know them by now, but the four points are scripture, tradition, experience, and reason. Scripture is primary over everything else. This is where John Wesley was foundational on this. If we rely on our experience or reasoning alone without Scripture to back it up, we're going to run into trouble. Everything that we believe should be proven through Scripture, enlightened by the tradition of the church, testified through our experience and our reasoning. You see, too often we run into this problem with Scripture, and you might have heard this, called proof texting. 
Proof texting. This is when we take scripture out of context, or worse yet, we find passages that fit our direct needs and desires and eliminate the verses that don't necessarily fall in line with what we want. I've heard a lot of preachers, televangelists, as well as a whole lot of other people do this as well. We don't like this verse because it changes the meaning that we want to have, so we'll just leave it out and we'll focus on what we really want to see. But you see, we have to look at Scripture as a whole. We must read it into the rest of the sacred text as we strive to look at God's message for all of us. See, there's a a piece that that comes in here, and and it's this. It's exegesis and eisegesis. There's your theological terms for this morning. Uh, if you remember those, uh, exegesis, we sometimes in seminary call that extra Jesus. Uh, what that is, is that is dissecting scripture passages, pulling out of the original text, and that would be either the Hebrew or the Greek, pulling that stuff out, pulling it apart, and finding what the context, what the meaning is for us, what scripture has to say. Eisegesis, Sounds an awful lot like this. I. I said, Jesus, I'm going to read Scripture for what I want it to say. And that is a danger. So we want exegesis. We want extra Jesus, not eisegesis. All right. So now, I need to talk a little more about some terms used in regards to the Bible. See, we heard from 2 Timothy today that all Scripture is God-breathed. Other translations will describe it as uh, inspired by God. But we've got to notice that this does not say that the words were directly written, dictated by God. Word for word. That's not what Scripture tells us. It says it was inspired by God. It was God-breathed. God was a part of everything that was written down. But it wasn't this word for word dictation for us. I mean, there are stories and words written down from the oral tradition. Some of the gospel accounts were written 60 to 70 years after the resurrection. And we must understand that that they were also written for a particular audience. Matthew's gospel was written for a different group than Luke's gospel was. We can see this actually in the Beatitudes. Because Luke tells us that Jesus' words were, Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor are the hungry, while Matthew has a different view of these same words, because Matthew tells us, blessed are the poor in spirit, and blessed are the hungry, or blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. There's a difference. Matthew's audience would have been higher on the societal ladder and would have had means or probably access to more funds. They might not have known what it meant to be poor or hungry, but certainly they would know about being poor in spirit and a hunger for righteousness. And that's just one of many examples of differences and possible inconsistencies that are found within Scripture. Inerrant is a word that many have issues with. Is the Bible inerrant, meaning does it contain absolutely no errors? Now, speaking only for myself, because I know that that many of you may be on one side or the other on this, and and that is okay. Speaking only for myself, and and we can have conversations if you want to about this, uh, I say that our Bible is not inerrant. 
There are far too many inconsistencies in the synoptic gospels alone. Matthew, Mark, and Luke use the same source material for much of their writing, but they did not also agree on all of what Jesus' actual words are and what, they actu- and what actually happened. Does this mean that we can't trust Scripture because of possible errors? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Remember that all Scripture is inspired by God. It is God-breathed, and it is useful in the teaching and correcting of our lives. And see, I would say that the Bible is the living Word of God because it speaks differently each time I read it. I read one passage with a certain meaning and then again read it again after five years, and it means something different to me. Something else speaks out to me. You see, I'm not the same person that I was five years ago. And therefore, I'm going to get a different understanding from a familiar passage. That is the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. So one thing that John Wesley has taught about reading Scripture that should be mentioned here is he said that in order to be faithful to Scripture, we need to read it five different ways. Uh, And I was hoping that that was going to show up a little better. Uh, But for some other reason, the other words are on there. Uh, So the five ways that John Wesley had, had mentioned to read is constantly, regularly, carefully, seriously, and fruitfully just in case you can't read that last one. So let's unpack that just a little bit. Constantly, does this mean that we need to have a Bible in our hand with us every minute of the day as we go? No. However, I will say this, that if you've got a smartphone, you've got a Bible with you. There's a Bible. There's an app for that. We have the app for the church app, which actually will have a Bible app built into it, so you'll be able to access Scripture from there. Uh, But does it mean that we have to have a Bible with us every moment? No. But what he's saying that we should have an amount of time every day that we spend in our Bibles. Setting aside, well, let's see, one particular pastor that you know pretty well tells you to spend 15 minutes alone with God, reading and reflecting and praying over Scripture. That's what it means constantly sometime carved out every day. Regularly. Regularly doesn't mean that it must be the same period of the day. You don't have to read your Bible at 7 a.m. every single morning. What he means here is that we need to read it in order. That we don't jump around from one book to the next. He believes that the early tradition of the church and the way the Bible was assembled was important and that it should be read in that order. Do I think that you should not pick up the Bible and read from a certain book that you're feeling led to read without reading all that is before it? No. No, you certainly can can work around that. But I do think there is value in reading front to back from time to time and noticing how God's love for us has been expressed throughout Scripture. We should read it carefully. Wesley originally meant that Scripture should be read with the aid of his notes his commentary. While I would encourage this as Wesley was an incredible scholar when it came to many things, including scripture, I would encourage you to find or start a Bible study group that you can join in or that you can gather people together and help you read scripture carefully. 
Otherwise, there are, there are many different good study Bibles out there as well as good devotional materials. Uh, many of them can be found online. And coming up soon, we'll have some reading plans within our church app. That's not there yet, but it's coming. We should read it seriously. This book is not just the latest best-selling novel, although it is the best-selling book of all time. It is a book with all that we need for our salvation. All that we need. It tells us a story of everlasting life. Here we find instruction on how to live our life, how to treat each other, and how to battle the spiritual forces of darkness, and so much more. This is a serious book and should be read seriously. For Wesley, that meant beginning and ending your reading time in prayer, asking for the Holy Spirit's guidance as you read. I mean, we got to be asking God to send that Spirit to open our hearts and minds to his word. We need to seek the Spirit's guidance in how this applies to us today. Not proof texting, if you remember. What do you need to hear from God today? And finally... We should read the Bible fruitfully. Now, I'm not saying that we should read it looking for ways the people in Scripture have been fruitful, but we're to read it to find out ways where we can become fruitful. We want to be reading with the Scriptures with the eye towards asking the question, how can I put into practice what I have learned from this passage? We need to be fruitful in our ministries, in our service, and in our love. How does Scripture help us to do that? I mean, if we're to believe, as John Wesley did, that we should take authority of Scripture, knowing that it speaks truth to us in ways that only God can, and realize that it applies to our lives today. We need to do this. We, we shouldn't ask the question, how does this apply? Maybe, maybe rather we should assume that it does apply and simply make a faith-filled statement like that of Samuel. If you remember Samuel, when he ref finally replied to the Lord, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So are you listening? Are you listening closely? Are you praying before you read? Are you reading every day? Are you reading in order? Are you reading at all? When the choir sang a song earlier in this service and we have been proclaiming that God's word is not just a bunch of words written down in a collection of 66 books, but that it is guidance for us. God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When the future looks scary, or you think you're lost, rely on God's word. Cling tightly to all that is written, for it will guide you in days of trouble, and it will remind you as we all need reminders from time to time of God's great love for you. It's that message over and over again through Scripture. You remember as we, as we shared the, that we can take a look at our Bibles and we can find out that, that in Genesis 1, that wonderful first couple of pages, that all was good, that all was right, that God created all things and called it very good. And then something happened. And God spends the rest of this explaining how much he loves us and how much he wants to be in a relationship with us. It's those words that we hear over and over again. 
Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to Him belong. They are weak, but He is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, God, we thank you for a message that that tells us that you love us. And God, we thank you for this book that we continue to read and we continue to struggle with. But God, we thank you for the message of love We thank you for the message of hope. We thank you for the message of grace that is found within. And so God, continue to speak those words to us. Continue to help us as we dive into Scripture and help us to truly understand your plan for us. God, all this we we lift up in the mighty and powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And sound with all thy saints below the depths of love divine. Amen. Charles Wesley has a beautiful way of writing hymns, does he not? The text that is in there is so rich. Uh, it speaks such a Trinitarian view of everything that we do. Uh, so now, as we go forth from this place, I'm going to remind you of a couple of things. One, make sure you come over to the community room and, and share in some time and some fellowship and conversation with others. And two, come over there and see me if you're having problems downloading the app. Or if you haven't downloaded yet, I'll walk you through it and we'll get you set up. Uh, because there's going to be so many new things that are coming out. Uh, and for all of you worshiping online with us this morning, morning. Uh, if you have a problem doing that, give us a call in the office uh, or give me a call, send me an email, and I'll, I'll help you get set up with all of that because it's going to be so important for us to con- main, maintain that connection through that uh, piece of technology. All right, so get ready to go forth from this place knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.